0: pain and illness can become an all-consuming experience. Hi, and welcome to I Am Not My Pain podcast. I am your host, Melissa, a chronic pain sufferer for over 20 years, and I know firsthand how pain can easily take over your life and isolate you from others. But the truth is we are so much more than our pain and illness, and we are not alone. There are millions of fellow warriors on their own journey. Join me as we hear real stories of people living with pain and illness, their challenges, their victories, and the treatments they use to get through the day. I am not my pain and neither are you. Welcome back to I Am Not My Pain podcast.
1: One of the most difficult aspects of getting a chronic condition and chronic pain is losing part, if not all, of one's independence. The things we did without thinking before getting sick may not be possible anymore. The level of loss may vary from person to person. For some, they may not be able to enjoy some of their favorite activities. And for others, they may lose the ability to work or go to school or even to care for themselves. No matter how big or small, the loss is felt both physically and mentally. My incredible guest and warrior for today, Carol Ann Monteleone, understands this all too well. Carol Ann was a bright-eyed 21-year-old woman when chronic illness struck her life. Having to move back home with her parents, she began the onslaught of ER visits, doctor's appointments, managing her pain, symptoms, medications, and even a feeding tube. At one point, she depended fully on her parents for her most basic needs. Carol Ann was eventually diagnosed with gastroparesis, dysautonomia, polycystic ovary syndrome, bile reflux, TNJ, chronic fatigue syndrome, anxiety, hypothyroidism, body dysmorphia, depression, and she is suspected of having EDS. During an upswing in her health, Carol Ann was able to finish school, getting her BA in political science, but sadly her health declined and she eventually applied for disability. Throughout her health journey, Carol Ann was forced to give up pieces of her independence and had to learn how to rely on others more and more, which in turn affected her mental health. Always an independent thinker, Carol Ann uses her writing and voice to be an outspoken chronic illness advocate, disability advocate, animal activist, and humanitarian. She has written articles for Greed Media, The Mighty G-Packed Blog, The Future is Accessible, and a guest post on Positively Rachel. Although she has taken a quick break, she also runs her own Etsy shop called Crafting for a Cure Co, or company, which makes handmade feeding tube accessories. Carol Ann, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today, and I'm so honored to be discussing this topic with you.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to have a conversation with you today.
1: Yeah, thank you for coming on. Could you please share a little bit more of your story, emphasizing all the ways you might have lost independence throughout your journey?
2: Sure. I got sick overnight, so it it wasn't even a gradual process. I went to bed one night um, thinking I had the stomach bug and I, I woke up and I was so, forever, chronically ill, my life was changed forever. And from that moment on, my independence was taken from me, and it was taken from me in a big way. I had to immediately move home with my parents. I had to rely on them for a lot of things. As I got more sick, I had to rely more heavily on my parents mostly my mom, giving me a lot of physical care. And then eventually, that care transferred to my partner now who takes care of my physical needs sometimes when I need the extra help as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, it's a lot. And you did have a feeding tube, right? So you had to get that I mean, changed and your mom had to do that for a little while, I'm sure.
2: So I got a feeding tube in 2014. My parents did basically all the care for that for a few months because I was too weak to even do anything on my own. So my parents would wake up in intervals of like every four hours to give me medicine, to flush my tube. This was before the pump that does the feed and flush was out. So Mm -hmm. unfortunately I had to do a lot of it manually. And then eventually I was able to start caring for my feeding tube on my own. I was able to eventually get it removed um, at the end of 2014. Unfortunately, I had to have a feeding tube placed again in 2017. And I still currently do have a feeding tube And I I take care of that on my own now. I also have a PICC line, which I do the care for, and I'm on TPN currently. Wow. Yeah, that that is a lot. I, I empathize
1: with your story in the sense of I was 18 when my pain hit, and I had to move home from college and stay with my parents and have the surgeries. And especially at that age, you see all your friends moving on. And it's always so difficult because I had to rely on them for car rides to doctor's appointments and to keep up with my medications and other things, which of course, eventually I handled, but to have it so young, you know, you just, you still rely so much on your parents because they're your caregivers still. But I remember feeling that loss of independence and it's, it's, it's really hard. You know, how did it affect your mental health and what kind of emotions were you experiencing during all this
2: process? It took a great toll on my mental health. I mean, to put it into into a bit of perspective, when my mom was fully caring for my feeding tube and helping me to the bathroom and showering me, my friends were graduating college. And the stark difference. Thinking that should be me and this is my life was earth shattering. It was heartbreaking. And I had to grieve the loss of my independence, the loss of what I thought my life would be like, what my life would look like, what my life would be. And I went to therapy, started out twice a week, and then eventually once a week. Mm -hmm. And then every other week, but I was in intensive therapy for, you know, years. And I still, to this day, I, I be a therapist to this day and there's time where the grief still creeps up on me. And I compare myself to my, my friends and my peers that are my age. And I'm thinking they're hitting these milestones and why can't I do that? Or why am I not where they are? Or look at all the things that they've accomplished. And it's especially hard when my health declines. It feels like I take another step backwards. I lose more independence. And it takes another big hit on my mental health. My mental health always gets impacted when my physical health declines further because it's it's very hard to to lose that independence and know that you were once so capable but that's not your body anymore you're not you're not physically capable anymore yeah it's a
1: hard adjustment to make and it's it is
2: like it is a death because you are
1: grieving the life you thought you were going to have and you're accepting the life you currently have and then of course You kind of get somewhere with that and then something else hits your health or your life and it jumbles it all up again. (laughs) and you got to do it all over again. And I think everyone goes through processes like that in their life where, you know, they've had different things. But I think when you're chronically ill, it's even harder. You want to be independent. It's not like we don't want to be, but you physically cannot. And that is something that is hard to accept. So how do you, I mean, obviously therapy is huge and so critical to so many of us who are sick, but how do you address your mental health in challenging times? And especially when it comes to the matter of your independence?
2: Well, you know, there aren't really many tools besides letting yourself breathe and Mm. you have to go through the process because the more you hold it in the worst it feels and it kind of just bubbles up and then it it just sits on your heart and it sits on your chest and then one day it just kind of like explodes you know so normally I just I need to get it out so talking with my therapist you know obviously always helps but besides therapy I talk to my partner I talk to my mom my mom's always great support my, my closest loved ones about how I'm feeling and how this loss of independence, you know, really is hurting me and how it's mentally impacting me. Stop me from spiraling with my anxiety of, well, I lost this bit of independence and now it's only going to go down from hill from here. And they're able to bring me back to reality a little bit and say, you know, you've lost this independence before. It doesn't mean you're going to lose it forever you might be able to drive again you might be able to get this part of your independence back this might only be temporary but you know what even if it is permanent look at all of the things you still can do or we're going to find a way to make this more accessible for you and that's one of the greatest tools I actually actually have learned is to make things more accessible for myself Mm. so to not really make things a black and white of I can't. I can't do this anymore. Yes. Um, like an example would be when I got sick. I couldn't really exercise anymore. Didn't have the strength. I couldn't afford to lose the calories, so I just didn't really ride a bike anymore. And you know, years down the road, almost nine years after the fact, I wanted to ride a bike again, but I knew I physically couldn't ride a bike. I wasn't strong enough. I didn't have enough balance or stability, had too much chronic pain. So riding a bike just didn't seem like a possibility anymore. But my partner said, what if we got you an electric bike? That way you can still pedal when you want to, but you also have the motor that can help you out. That way you can still ride a bike. And I'm like, yeah, that makes so much sense. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Why does everything have to be black and white? It doesn't have to be. There can be a middle ground. So instead of punishing myself kind of and saying like, oh, well, you know, I've lost all this independence and I've lost the ability to do this, this, and this. Now I try to see, is there any way I can make it more accessible? Is there any middle ground of a way I can still do at least part of it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a victory when you can do stuff like that again. Like even if it is with the electric bike, it's just like, thank you. It is an amazing feeling to find those, you know, middle grounds that you can still do something you love and enjoy it to, you know, but not pay an enormous price for it later. I mean, you may pay a price, but not as big as you would have if you had a regular bike. So it is it's always thinking outside the box and always thinking realistically, which is hard sometimes because you want to be dreamer and think big. And I think a lot of my friends at the beginning just thought if I had the mentality of thinking big, that that would make me be able to do it. And I was like, physically, no, I was like physically that's not going to happen. So I need to be realistic with my goals so that I can actually attain some of them and not feel like I can't obtain any. And so it was an adjustment for all of us, including for my friends to understand that this is my new reality. And now I have to work with this reality and it's not always perfect, but it's definitely, it's definitely an interesting experience. And I know with you, especially you had to learn early on to ask for help, which is not easy. I s- still struggle with asking for help. And how did you begin? I mean, obviously you didn't have much of a choice in the beginning. You, you had, you needed the help, but now how do you ask for help and how do you kind of accept those limitations that you
2: have? I asked for help but now kicking, screaming. Still, <laughs> I still have not learned to Ask for help Mm -hmm. when I need it. Because for me, I still want to hold on to every single ounce of independence that I can. And even if that comes at a great detriment to myself, and it's so silly, and I know I'm going to pay a great price for it, but I just don't do it. And I have learned now over the last few months with having to switch over from two feeds to TPN. I was so sick that I could not walk from the bed to the toilet, which was literally in the next room. I, I just couldn't even, I was, I lost all, all my breath. I was, I had no strength. I was so sick. And I realized I had to ask for help because I couldn't continue the way I was. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like if I continued down that path, I was just going to make myself more sick. And if I made myself more sick, it would just make me a bigger problem down the road for my partner. Whereas if I just asked my partner for help in the beginning, it would be less of a I don't want to say burden, but less of a, less of a task for her to take on. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: So I would ask, Hey, can you help me shower? I don't have the strength to do it. And she would help me shower.
3: Mm.
2: Hey, can you help me by driving me to the pharmacy or driving me to this doctor's appointment? I don't feel safe behind the wheel. And she would drive me to everywhere I would have to go. And I learned that I, in those moments, I had to ask for help or, you know, I might not be here to even ask for help.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It is not an easy task, especially when you're not used to asking or you don't like to be quote unquote a burden. I I still struggle. I still do things that I know I'm gonna pay for later. And then as I pay for them, kicking myself, like, why? Why'd you do that? Like, you know better. But it is still so difficult for me to ask for help. And you know, how do you manage? Because I know this is something I struggled with. So I don't know if this is something you might struggle with or not. But how do you manage the feelings of guilt when you have to rely on
2: others for help? I have always felt like a burden
3: mm-hmm.
2: from the very beginning since I got sick I've always felt like a burden and it's not because anyone ever made me feel that way
3: of course it was
2: just because I felt like I'm making life difficult for everyone around me and their life would be so much more simple and so much easier without having to do all of these things for me I mean I saw my parents exhausted You know, they. I would hear them up late, trying to figure out finances, figuring out how to pay for all these medical bills. I saw my brother get put to the wayside because my parents had to focus all their energy on me. My 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 partner put her herself and taking care of herself on the back burner for such a long time because she focused her energy on me and the only reason that i don't feel like a burden anymore is because i've realized that these people love
3: me and mm. they choose to do these things for me yeah if they didn't
2: want to do these things for me they wouldn't they wouldn't be in my life mm. because not all chronically ill and disabled people are lucky enough to have parents who care for them. So true. And not all chronically ill people or disabled people are lucky enough to have a partner who are, who's willing to also be a, a part-time caregiver. So I realized that these people aren't doing it because they feel like they're obligated and they have to. They're doing it because they love me very deeply. And I thought if the shoe was on the other foot and I was the healthy one and they were in my shoes, I would do it in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. I would take care of them and I would not think that they were a burden. So why do I think that I'm a burden? I know. So I have to remind myself of that, but it's hard. But it's hard when when you feel like that. It's hard to talk yourself out of,
1: right. Well, when you see the strain that it has, I mean, my parents took care of me through three surgeries, you know, nursed me back, and took me to a lot of doctors' appointments, took time off work. it's It was a struggle, and I saw that for them, and it broke my heart because I didn't want to be this way. I didn't want to do this to them. And it was so hard because I did feel like a burden, and then you go through those things where it's like, I'm better off if I'm not. Here, uh, because they'll be better off without my stress, and that's not true. And of course, they would say, you know, anytime I'd get to that place, they'd say, "Absolutely not. We'd be devastated without you. Like, we want to help you. We love you." But it's that um, that burden feeling that is so hard to to break. But you do. You have to remind yourself constantly that if the roles were reversed, you would be there for them in a heartbeat, and. It's just the way things are and you can't change that, but it's, yeah, it's, it's so hard. It's definitely a, always a, prog- a work in progress, always a work in progress. So how do you maintain kind of your own idea of independence, especially when you're dealing with the challenges of chronic illness? What do you do to kind of help yourself feel a little bit more independent when you can?
2: I try to do as many things independently as I can that are within my limit. Mm -hmm. And like I said earlier about trying to make things not so black and white, I made a lot of things more accessible. So before I couldn't shower on my own, Mm
3: -hmm. but now
2: I have a shower chair. So I can shower on my own. So that's now a step back of, Independence, so I have that back for you know towards my independence yeah so I I just try to do as many things as I can independently but I take it day by day and some days I can't I can't take a shower (laughs) it's just not in the cards right? right you know some days I I can't I can't get into the car and drive to the pharmacy or you know drive to the store or drive to wherever I have to go it's just I'm not able to do it and I need some help
3: mm-hmm. if I have
2: to get somewhere on that specific day. I love to cook even though I can't eat anything. Oh, <laughs> Which is I was about really to say. ironic. <laughs> yeah. I love cooking. I absolutely love it. Cook for my partner nearly every every day for dinner. But there's some some nights she comes home and it's either a microwave meal or I'm like, hey, you're on your own tonight. Sorry. I just I don't have the energy. Yeah. Um, so I try to do little things that bring me joy and also bring me independence, but I try not to push the limits. So because I know if I push the limit today, it's going to take back all min- my independence from tomorrow.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. All about balance, which is incredibly hard
1: to maintain, but it's something we have to try for. So from your experience, what would be your advice for others struggling with the loss of his or her independence? I mean, if they're just starting out and they just have feel that loss, you know, what would you recommend?
2: I would highly, highly, highly recommend to get into a good therapist who specializes in chronic illness. Believe it or not, they are out there. Therapy, all the therapists I've worked with specialize in chronic illness, so they're able to help you transition through the the, like the phases of grief but specific to chronic illness. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And especially with now doing like telehealth visits, it makes it even more accessible than having to go in person. Because when I first got sick, I went to a therapist who was an hour away, so my dad would drive me. An hour, two, and then an hour back, twice a week to my therapist's office, and boy, that was a, like a trek. But um, so I would suggest finding a, a great therapist who you connect with and understands chronic illness because that's going to be vital. I would suggest finding a support group, whether that be on Facebook, TikTok, doesn't have to be social p- social media. You can even find groups you know like in person but finding other people to connect with that have gone through similar things as you are going through or will be going through so you know you're not alone and it makes it a lot easier to go through life with other people who are going through the same thing because you don't feel so isolated in a world where it's made for able-bodied people. So true.
1: And I know you have a wonderful girlfriend, which is incredible, that has kind of taken the role as your caretaker. How did you meet her? And how are you able to make the relationship work? Because I know I'm curious because I'm considering dating which is scary (laughs) as all get out for me because I have not dated since high school before I got sick and I'm debating
2: but it's it's scary but so how did you meet her I met her online um on a site called tumblr I don't know if anybody even uses that anymore (laughs) probably not everyone's on to the next (laughs) thing really cool like blogging site back in the day. So this is like 2013. And it was only a few months after I got sick. So it was very like soon after I became sick. I hadn't even gotten my feeding tube yet. I was still learning a lot about my diagnosis and my limits. And I I met her online and we connected right away and I was like wow you know we have so much in common and then so we wanted to meet in person and before our first date I got a phone call from my GI doctor telling me that I probably likely need a feeding tube and pretty soon I was like oh boy I have to tell this girl that I'm gonna need a feeding tube and I'm gonna have to tell her before I meet her in person because I don't want to get there right and really like her and then." her be scared off by the feeding tube so I I called her in tears (laughs) and I said I'm I'm gonna need a feeding tube like I I totally understand if you don't want to like go out on a date anymore and she's like no that doesn't change my mind and I was shocked (laughs) I was like okay okay and so we went out on. Our first date and she has bent over backwards and gone above and beyond for me in every aspect ever since like she has been the best support system i just did not think it was going to be possible to have an able-bodied partner She does have migraines, like chronic migraines. So she gets it, you know, to some extent, but she works full time. But her mom is chronically ill with fibromyalgia. And I think that has a lot to do with how she is able to see things. It takes a very special person, I think, to be able to be with someone that has a lot of chronic health issues because it is so different but being chronic ill doesn't make you any less worthy of love
3: Mm.
2: or any of the special things that comes along with it you just have to find the right person and unfortunately yeah I got really lucky and found it on like my second try
3: (laughs) incredible (laughs)
2: have to go through like a lot of horrible people before they find you know someone wonderful
1: yes yes you hear a lot of interesting stories so I'm kind of like oh do I dare but um we'll see <laughs> but I am I'm so glad you found someone like you know like her that is just incredible and I know it's not easy especially when one person may be chronically ill compared to the other and and that honestly I wanted to bring up you know that has to make the marriage penalty for you all the more frustrating and to my listeners who are unaware of what this means can you explain what the marriage penalty is?
2: So the marriage penalty in a short explanation is when a disabled person who relies on government assistance like SSDI, SSI, Medicare, and Medicaid marries someone who uh work full time normally and the government then counts their new spouse's income as the disabled spouse's income and mm-hmm. then it disqualifies them from receiving the disability income and the health insurance so a lot of disabled people rely heavily the medicare and medicaid to cover the astronomical medical medical bills that they rack up and you know ssdi and ssi are not even livable wages so for most people that's not even the biggest deal it's more so that you get kicked off of your your medical insurance because there's no medical insurance that covers Like Medicare and Medicaid do. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: So if I were to marry my partner, I would get kicked off of my disability income and Medicare and Medicaid, and we would lose everything. We would be, we'd have to declare bankruptcy. We'd be in mountains of medical debt because my medical treatments, my TPN, my surgeries, everything each year. Are hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. And luckily, Medicare and Medicaid covers most of that.
3: Right.
2: So that's the problem. That is really hard. And
1: I know a lot of people, a lot, who are relying on government assistance that would love to get married to their significant other and they can't because they can't afford to lose their insurance and their benefits. And that's sad that you can't do the one thing that you'd like to do. That's just, it's sad. And I know that, you know, you write about it and you try to voice your opinion and that's important. And I know that fighting it isn't going to be an easy task for sure. Well, thank you, Carol This has been amazing. I'm so glad you did this and it came on and it's great to talk to you and especially about this topic it hits close to home for me so i was like oh wait yes let's let's discuss because losing independence is extremely difficult and an interesting road to kind of find your own path on again and again so and if you want to learn more about Carol Ann, you can follow her on instagram at Carol Ann Maria. it's at C-A-R-O-L-A-N-N-E, Maria, M-A-R-I-A. And you can find it also in the episode description. And you can go to her blog on her website at aheartforhumanity.wordpress.com. I will include that as well in the episode description. And thank you again for coming on. This was amazing. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and to all my listeners, I hope you enjoyed, and I hope you tune in for next week's episode where we talk to another amazing warrior. And remember, you are not alone, and you are not your pain.
0: Like the show? Please subscribe and leave a review. Or do you want to be a guest? Simply email notmypain at heroescircle.com. Dot .org Again that is not my pain at heroes h e r o e s circle dot .org Your story matters and we look forward to hearing from you
2: Hi this is Keith I'm a martial arts therapist at the Hero Circle a global healing and wellness initiative inspired by the Children of Kids Kicking Cancer Would you like to discover the power of your breath while fueling the purpose of thousands of sick children across the globe? Simply check out our free adult meditation catalog at herocircle.org forward slash meditations. To learn more about our program and our inspirational little heroes, visit our website at herocircle.org. From all of us at the Hero Circle, we wish you a wonderful day. Power, peace, purpose.